had the mouse hovering over the stop, stop recording. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Adam, and then I'll bump it. And then... Yep. <laughs> like the last time. Are we recording? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what happened last time. Yeah. <laughs> you dirty liar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're recording. Oh, whoops. Maybe not. No. I All swear, right. I must have. Did, since sometimes I. If we just banter for a little while, and it's, you know, it's not nothing. You know, like you just went away. <laughs> I, I recorded something the next day. Okay. Okay, so here we are, episode 18, official 18, 19. 19, 19. All right, episode 19 of the Wood Air Metal podcast. It's like uh, uh, Dark Tower. Did you ever read that? Uh, no. I should put that on my list. I should read those books. Yeah. I, I, I had another killer intro, and you just threw me off my vibe again. Either way, we're back. Adam Keeler, Tim Mirth, after our incredible conversation with uh, Mark last week. That was just. Really fascinating. Can't wait to have him back on to keep going with that and see like more specific, like aiming that concept a little bit more specifically towards music and see what he thinks about that, considering his vast background and sure. all that and so on. So that'll be pretty cool. So looking forward to that. And uh, today we have a couple of small subjects that we're going to kind of dive into and, you know, blow them out of proportion because that's what we do. And a little bit of spectacle with that explosion and <laughs> go from there. Well, so there's going to be an explosion on the screen. Yeah, bip, bam, boom. And on that note, though, we haven't talked about that because your album dropped last week, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. May, May 31st, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it on the podcast with the mark on that. We should have at least brought that up. I guess it's true. Yeah, so everybody, Red Side Visible, uh, a break from normality is now flooding the airwaves or the internet or both. You can find uh, it everywhere now, actually officially today. Um, you can find it on Spotify and everything, all those places. Yep. Though, yep. if you want to be generous, you can go to Bandcamp. Yeah. Or really anywhere you can purchase it. Um, hey, I, I got my copy. So yeah. I paid for it. I didn't just get it. I paid for it. <laughs> so it's cool. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. And uh, yeah. so much work and effort. And it's not done yet because we're still figuring out we're gonna get cds pressed i'm not sure why but we are <laughs> because really? no one buys cds anymore um are you are you saying really to you not sure why or really to to both <laughs> it's like yes i know why they nobody buys them and really you're gonna do that like i can't like i well, uh, it, it's, it's somewhat reasonable to buy them and it, i don't know but let's, let's can... say my partner in crime in this is He's kind of feels like, well, if you don't have CDs, it's not like a real release. And I, I can kind of get that. Also, I'm, another thing is, it is one thing that tends to still sell, sell when you do gigs. I mean, pretty much most gigs, if I have CDs there, you'll sell at least one hmm. or two, you know, a couple. So it's like they, they always sell. And I don't, I actually don't don't think that people ever open them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like a keepsake for the night. You know, it's like, hey, we had a cool night. It was fun. It's like a memorabilia sort of thing. That's what I was going to say. When CDs become memorabilia, you realize that the whole industry has shifted dramatically. Well, it's, it's hard. I mean, like, I don't think either of my cars now have a CD player. I know mine does, but I know I has used it once. And that was once when somebody gave me music that they wanted me to learn on a CD that wasn't released yet. And, yeah, they and then neither of my computers that I have here have CD players on them. Yep, none of that. That was the other. That's the other thing. It's like if I bought a CD, I would have no way to put it onto my computer. Mm. You know, not an easy way. I, I, I mean, I have an external drive, but I'd have to find it and dig it up. And buy, all the PCs that I've bought in the last ten years haven't had a CD player on right. it. <laughs> and I, you know, I do have a few CD players here, but I'm certain they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Xbox or something. We'll play yeah, it, right? exactly. If, but, yeah, I guess, if you were factor that in, I definitely that's what. The... Yeah, I mean, so at least that works, I guess. But yeah, I guess I. I mean, still a lot of people have them, and still a fair number of people ask about them. They still want, you know, want the the physical thing. And actually, I've had a few people ask me about records, getting vinyl. Oh, vinyls. That seems to be the niche market that's growing and consistent. Like, Maybe, I, I, but man, I, do you know? Ever looked at how expensive it is to? Oh yeah. Made? I mean, 
I would have to buy if I bought a hundred at the cheapest price I could find <laughs> to make a hundred records, which I mean, not likely I'm gonna sell a hundred records mm-hmm. at this point. Which is sad because like ten yeah, years ag- ten years ago you could sell five hundred CDs relatively easy. And now mm-hmm. you can sell like ten for about the same amount of effort. So but anyway, um so I'm like, if I it's, it almost ends up being like forty dollars a record, basically. That's how much it would cost me to buy a hundred. Yeah, maybe wow. even more than that. Fifty, maybe fifty dollars a record. So you're like, well, <laughs> I don't know what the going rate for records from independent bands are, but it's probably not fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, and that would be break even. Like, and that's just a break even, yeah. So if you, whatever the going rate is, which is probably more like 20 ish, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, then you'd have to lose $20 on every sale. And I'm not, it's not about the money so much. Cause I mean, in a way it'd be pretty awesome to have a record, especially with the cool artwork. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, cool. I was I, but I don't, I don't have a record player either. So I'm not like. Same. I don't know. And then there's also, you're supposed to like master it for records. There's, there's all these like little things you're supposed to do. So it's like, man, you really yeah. have to order something like a thousand to get it to be closer to, you know, to 10 to $15 a record. My yeah, cost. That's my, buddy that's my cost. Right. Yeah. And then, then you sell it for $18 or whatever, you know, like that's yep. what your, your $20. Let's say you get 20, but I, I can't imagine maybe I'm wrong. But if I got fifty made or something, would people pay sixty dollars for the record? I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just not sure. And that would just be to, that would probably still be losing money. You know? That that's that's just crazy. I mean, that, the vinyl is expensive. Period. Like the the buddy of mine that just released his album on June fourth, System Glitch with a yeah. system with a backwards three for the E. So it's it's phenomenal stuff. Um, he got a, a vinyl pressed and it's like, he has to sell an unbelievable amount, like thousands right. to recoup sure. the cost on that, which is like, I just, uh, and maybe, you know, yeah, let's go down this rabbit hole a bit. So I don't get it for the vinyl. I don't like, I don't see them being anywhere as high fidelity as everybody makes them out to be because it's the material. And it can only capture like I watched a, a couple of science videos on like why CDs are are better because they can just hold more information. That's just it. You only yeah, get, but like, I guess uh, the thing with vinyl is they're analog. Yes, that's a chief argument that everybody comes up with, and I'm like, that's kind of a moot point if your resolution isn't that high. Like, well, there's no resolution. Like, I mean, resolution's sense, a digital term. Yeah, but okay. Maybe I'm sticking my foot in my mouth on this, but I'm going to say it anyways. It doesn't seem like it can hold the same amount of information that other bigger spaces can hold. Like a CD could probably easily outsource. You know, let's just see this. I got the internet right here. Well, it's, it's not. Well, it's it's just a different kind of medium, though. I mean, I don't know how you. you uh, Information is kind of weird because you'd probably be hard pressed <laughs> to uh, <laughs> get a CD to get all the little nuances that record players catch because of the medium. Um, and it, so it's always going to be a sampled thing. Like, so it CDs are always sampled. Megabytes. What's that? 322. What Meg. Hold, what holds 322? Vinyl. What does that even mean? It means that so with 22 minutes on each side, you get around 220 megabytes of storage on each side. 440. That doesn't even make sense. That's uh, that's the RPM. Or oh, wait, a 45 RPM 12 inch record is around 322 megabytes. You could give. What, what, I don't understand what context they're giving that. What is that? How could they possibly say that it holds that much or not? It's not digital. I'm on Ask Science. It's it's on the internet. Uh, it says, assuming a normal LP at 18 kilohertz frequency response stereo and 60 decibel signal to noise, you get... Yeah, so they're, they're converting it to a yeah. digital sort of domain and then saying an equivalent 
digital thing would hold this much because it, it's not it doesn't really mean the same thing anyway it doesn't really matter yeah i just don't see like i can't see paying that much for something that, where the text like ancient it, it doesn't you can get so much more detail with some of the level of with the the audio stuff it or uh, on the digital domain right now it just doesn't seem like it it's good maybe i just have to hear it again yeah i mean uh, i think you can't you can't take the like sears record player that your dad had or whatever you know yeah and like in the you can't really compare the two i don't believe you know because just like the headphone industry i mean there's cartridges for those things that cost a thousand dollars oh know? yeah you can go absolutely insane and a thousand dollars so so what is this what's the sound difference there you know and also even the pressing of this the records like the sort of mass-produced records don't have the fidelity of like other records that are you know using a heavier material blah 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 so there's by the way i'm not a i'm just yeah i, no, I, don't, I, I don't have any records or anything so i don't i don't have a real dog in this race i'm just commenting yeah and i guess i don't either but i just don't see how technology that was in the 70s at its prime is at the same equivalent level today with what we because even when i've watched like crazy hi-fi audio none of them were like yeah you got to hear it on vinyl they're like no here's the title masters boom and they play it through that way uh and what were the masters recorded on tape no it's all digital like recent album masters like this one guy was like uh he had like you know now granted this was the like a sixty thousand dollar audiophile headphone system yeah not just in the third that so it's clearly well out of my even dreaming range but he like sat there with an ipad and he was like yeah i just use the title mastering thing he's like that's the best quality of anything you're going to get your hands on which Going from even like like today with normal Apple Music streaming, which I don't use for my good headphones because it just doesn't sound that good, to if I'm going to stream on my computer, I usually will use YouTube because it's a better quality with yeah. that, just because of the video thing, uh, 24-bit, 48K. And then Apple just released their whole, like now everything's at 24-bit, 192K. You have to allow it, to, you like click the things to turn it on. Yeah. But the difference was absolutely gigantic, especially even with my Odyssey, uh, the um, iSigns I got for daily drivers. Uh, it was remarkably different. Like all the detail that I've wanted to hear out of Apple Music finally happened. You know, and Bandcamp is usually pretty good about that. And that's where I was listening to your album from till it came out on Apple Music. So then I switched over. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving you like pittance. Of, of course, I did buy it. So I guess I'm still in the yeah, good you're, game. Yeah, you're <laughs> You know, it's interesting. So, Plugin Alliance, who I have, I, I, it's one of the places I get plugins for. They have a streaming app. Did you ever see that? And it no. actually, you can actually hear, based, uh, you know, all the popular streaming services, what your record's going to sound like on their stuff. Hmm. Because each of them use a different algorithm or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, you can actually master this this allows you to master it so you can hear what it's going to sound like on each yeah a friend service. of mine was, was talking to me about it he's like i really don't care about apple music he's like i'm just concerned about what it's going to sound like on spotify i mean spotify that, in my I mean, opinion spotify has been the worst of the ones i've heard oh yeah i, I really don't understand why spotify is so popular actually. it's free with ads well, yeah, but isn't there other ones that are free with ads? Isn't apple music free with ads and amazon free no, with ads uh, and apple google free with ads and... have a free version for sure. I know that much for sure with Apple Music because that's how they got me hooked. They gave me like, oh, here's three months free. And I'm like, this is really convenient. And oh, now maybe I'm that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then uh, then Pandora is free with ads. But I can't. Good Lord. I haven't seen anybody use Pandora in years. Um, I think there's still straggler, or, you know, people that still do. Oh, yeah. Pa- Pandora sounds even worse than Spotify by a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And absolutely. And so, and like I was saying, like I was looking at moving up to the title uh, master's thing uh, service because I was sick of the quality of the Apple Music. And then I read that there was a rumor they were going to upgrade it. And then lo and behold, like a couple of days ago, there it is. Oh, all right. Sweet. Cool. I'm going to keep it then. Right. Uh, no additional cost, which is even better. Um, you know, I thought there would be like different tiers of uh, right. 
that, but they didn't. And just boom, it's good. Sounds great. Everything's there. And so I guess that's kind of where I'm at with most of my music is I, I get the highest quality digital things because nowadays, though, I don't know. Do you use t tapes while you were recording the Red Side Visible or is it all digital? I don't have a tape. I mean, I, even, you I would love to be able to do a tape master. That's also mm -hmm. very pricey. And I don't know if I could trust whoever did it. So, <laughs> that's there's a little bit of like, I, <laughs> I really wish that younger Tim, when he saw all those tapes at Sam Ash in New York City, like one inch tapes or whatever, like in the bargain bin, just grab them <laughs> for like a dollar or whatever, would have grabbed like a hundred of those, mm -hmm. you know. But now you can't find that stuff cheap at all. Yeah, well, that's it. It goes into to some weird boutique type of thing, and then the next thing you know, it's all. Well, and I think it sounds better. I mean, I'm always. I really hate the way that digital. Like, you have to really fight the digital thing, um, in recording. Even when you use like, 192k or whatever, there's always this like digital harshness you can hear at the top. Yeah, uh, the question is: Is it a harshness, or is it just a new form of clarity? It's like not a, clear. It's not. It's it's an annoying sounds. <laughs> <laughs> See, and it doesn't sound like reality. So then that's yeah. that's the problem with it. That's one of the chief things that I heard with somebody that I was kind of arguing at the point with. He's like, "Well, you know, you you get this warm sound out of vinyls, versus yeah, uh, the uh, what's the way to put it? The 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 digital format where it's not as warm." Which I get that, but I'm like, if the, the treble end is bothering you, you can just turn that down a little bit. It doesn't work quite like that, though. Um, at least in my in my experience, you can't just turn the treble down. It doesn't doesn't get rid of that thing. It's actually like a dis digital distortion that tends to happen. Well, if um, it's a digital distortion, could it just be? It's just not that? overdriven. It's just. Yeah. What happens when you use digital? DAC in that regard? What's that? Would a DAC solve that problem? I don't think so. I mean, I, mean, I have what... quality DACs around here, and I mean, see, that's it doesn't what... doesn't really help because I end up finding money on buying a DAC just to see. If, I mean, granted, I got my uh, interface; I can do it, but uh, maybe a dedicated one for headphones makes a difference. It's not just headphones. I mean, I can hear it on everything. Or I feel like I can. As soon well, as I a... like tune into it, as soon as I tune into those frequencies, I'm always like, <laughs> it just doesn't sound realistic. It sounds like a digital artifact. Hmm. And uh, perhaps Maybe. when you're do doing like one instrument, I don't really notice it that much. Okay. But when there's what ends up when you have a hundred instruments, like on the Red Side Visible album, which you should go buy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that probably doesn't work. But uh, they knows? start to stack, right? So the way that frequency, like sound waves work is yeah. they're literally waves mm -hmm. of amplitude. And if you imagine there's sort of like waves of each frequency in volume happening at the same time. So if like 10K, let's just say, is in the cymbals and 10k is in the guitar 10k if it, if you get this much from the cymbals and you get this much from the guitar they actually if they're in phase together they're happening at the same time they'll actually increase the amplitude of 10k across the board okay so what i think happens when you have multiple tracks going on is whatever digital like frequencies you sort of get just like naturally or whatever um, you don't really hear it on one or two instruments, three instruments, but you start to hear it once you start layering a bunch of instruments on top of each other. And when they just happen to be in phase together, those 30 frequencies that create that sound or whatever, that they all peak at the same time, you know, okay. there's like this harshness to the sound. And, uh, so, I mean, that, that's why in the digital recording world, there's just, a zillion um, tape emulators and uh, 
things like saturation plugins and stuff like that. So the saturation plugins are like kind of help soften those frequencies. Um, anyway, so I'm always yeah. fighting that. <laughs> That's a big, yeah, I'm, a big I'm always fighting it because it just doesn't sound realistic. It just sounds harsh. And I, no, I think certain styles get away with it more like dubstep and those kind of things, right? They kind of get away with the, that sound because it's already, it's sort of like intentionally assault, assault on your ears in a way. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I know, I know, I know. No, I mean, no. like, it's just like, there's an energy thing there. And really people already accept that it's all digital. They're not thinking like, oh, there's acoustic guitar or something on there. But when you sort of cross the lines where you're trying to be somewhat, you know, I'm in an analog world. I'm using amps and guitars and violin and all these kind of things. I feel like you really can notice it. See, I'm curious to see, and this is what I was trying to say before, is if you took a live performance and recorded it on both analog and digital, like do the digital to the nth degree, you know, like give it like the, the 24 bit or the, you know, 32 bit floating. You're doing point. to the nth degree on the, the analog yeah. and, the, and on the analog highest quality tape or whatever you could ever yeah. find and just see and play them back blind hearing test and see what the difference is. If anybody wants to sponsor that, <laughs> please feel free to send us. Well, I think you would hear a difference probably. Uh, um, I'm just curious, but do it in different things, like do it solo instruments, ensemble, band, you know, in a couple of different styles. Well, so I don't think you would, again, if setup. it's one mic, so to speak, or one track or a stereo track, you're probably not going to get that digital harshness. Well, now, if you, I, if you treated everything as its individual track, um, then I think you would get that digital harshness. So if you recorded a band... And you put fifty mics on there. Let's just say, mm. you know that that then you would start to notice. I think those little things. Um, I think sometimes too. So digital just means digital means you take slices of it. You're just taking slices, and the the amount of like bits and resolution is how much information you take in that slice is the bit basically, and then how often you do it is the frequency. Mm -hmm. So. It's like, oh, you have this waveform, and I, I split it up, you know, 96,000 times every second. And I took 32 bits of information every time. You know, that, that's what you're really just cutting it in pieces. So that's why, um, you know, like 8-bit or whatever, and it's 1K or something, you know, has a certain sound. Because it's only taking just a certain amount of information. It's trying to do yeah. the best it can. And it actually, when you play it back, it's just playing those things in order at the same time that, you know, the same frequency back, the same information it gathered. And that's what you get this little, you could get, you know, if you really like digitize something and you kind of do a low bit rate, you get those sort of artifacts because it's really like jumping, you know, because yeah. the, these waveforms are like, they're crazy looking, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really just taking... Like it could be like one was here, the next one's here, the next one's here, you know, depending on how often you're taking samples. Um, I think like one of the things that um, with that is how much. Let me just use an analogy because I, I'm, I'm losing the musical or the, the sound terminology with it. It's like how many megapixels equals a regular photograph? It's not the same. You're using they're mixing terminology. I know, but that's that's kind of that's why I said it was well, a, like a, a plus you said photograph. So photograph, a photograph itself. I'm imagining. I don't really know. Um, has to do with it. Probably already has some kind of resolution in it, just naturally. Yeah, because of the way that they constructed the photograph. They probably made like so many holes or whatever. However, however that works. I don't, I don't actually know how photographs work. Um, in terms of, you know, how many dots are on the page or something like that would be some kind of digital-ish thing potentially. I don't, I don't really know though. Um, I'm assuming if I was thinking of like how you would engineer that, it seems to me they probably, 
there's something that happens on the paper. There's probably so many pores or holes or something that things fall into. And that would sort of be like a digitalization of the picture anyway. That's why the picture would never have as much depth as like reality. Um, you know, and that's just one of the reasons. Hmm. So, well, stay away from the picture thing for a second. <laughs> no, because... I mean, I'm just trying to like get a better point of reference because I think that. But the, the, uh... the terminology doesn't match. You can't say that's why it doesn't make a lot of sense to say there's 348 megabits of well, that's information what I mean. on like, a record or something. The sound wave taking certain bits of information at a, at, at a second, you know, or whatever with that, how is that different than capturing light waves and putting it into a particular digital format? You know, you're still taking a slice of the information that's coming at yeah, it. No, no, the, I'll agree with you on the digital side. What I don't know is how actual photographs work. Like a actual photographs are like opening something up, letting the light hit through the light. Yeah, but what is, how does the material work? Like, does the material have to have, um, you know, what's what's the, like, smallest size ink can be in, like, the water droplets or whatever? You know, like, you're, well, you're, you're, you're running into certain limits based on um, physical attributes of just the manufacturing process of the, the material that you're using. Well, the same goes for, you know, in, in terms of talking vinyl or CD or whatever. That, that, that the material aspect is part of it. Well, yeah, uh, CD, CD less important in a sense. Yeah. Because yeah, well, we've already proven that like Blu-rays can hold a zillion more times information yeah. than a CD, right? But uh, yeah. By the way, I'm not defending like the, you, what you're gonna oh, yeah. run into with tape and the the it's not analog. That's the problem. Analog's always gonna be better, just in general, because analog's everything. It's not a sample of it. It's just the terminology is you're really trying to take all of it you're not taking slices of it you're yeah. taking the whole thing however the medium that you're putting it on um like a record or um a tape or whatever have certain limitations to the material mm -hmm. so i don't know like a lathe that cuts the record might only be able to do no well there's probably multiple types of lathes that cut rec records right I think some 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 probably have, you know, to a nanometer, you know, whatever, and some are like oh to a millimeter. I, I don't know what you know. Like there's there's going to be different quality of lathes out there, and then the material itself, you know, like if you cut certain types of wood or something like that, you try to chip like little pieces off of it. Some of them you can really like just chip really little pieces, but some of you try to chip little pieces and it takes chunks out, mm -hmm. you know? So the material itself that makes the record has some kind of limitations there. So even if you built a lathe that could go to like a Pico nano, you know, whatever, Pico, <laughs> some, some really super tiny thing, the record might not be like the material that the record's made out of might not be able to actually do that. Because maybe when you take any chunk of it, it's always an, a nanometer or something. I don't know, whatever, it, 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 or whatever, a micrometer or something that comes yeah. off, because that's just the way the material falls apart, you know. So you're gonna run into those limitations. So I don't know if a record's better or not. And then also, once you've put it on the record, now you're gonna drag a needle across it, and what's the quality of that needle? What's the quality of the cartridge that converts that information? What's the quality of, you know, it's all these kind of factors. Wear and tear, you know, it's like. Yeah, and then the wear and tear over time, we know records go bad. Uh, digital either works or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's why the whole HDMI, like silver, platinum plated. Yeah, exactly. I actually had that conversation with a, a client of mine the other, uh, yeah. yesterday. And they spend like $400 on an HDMI cable, which yeah. looks exactly the same as a $1 Amazon, whatever, random. In the digital realm, it just has to get there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It either works it. or it doesn't work. Um, yep. That's why when, you know, when your CD starts skipping, um, it's because it, it's not seeing the ones and zeros right and it gets an error. Yeah. Or the laser, the refraction. That's yeah. what it's... Did you ever notice uh, 
this is did you ever learn this tip that it's really not the side that's not the shiny side you know like you don't have to worry about the scratches it's the other side with the paint on it if you scratch that side you're screwed like it doesn't work anymore yeah just took out that huge chunk of information yeah finished you know and the whole like oh you can use a banana to fix the bottom of a cd or whatever like if you took a banana and rubbed it around the outside and then took a cloth preferably like as neutral of a cloth as you can get with no burrs on it it would gaps and fix that aspect of it but the top of the cd is where all the information is so quote unquote top so anyways so so the reason people like the things like records though and tape is because when they distort which everything has some kind of distortion harmonic distortion Mm -hmm. it tends to be pleasant to our ears it's kind of softer warmer it's not so harsh it's that like lovely warm sounding thing that we all love that just sounds like fuzzy and like oh you just want to like roll up in it um when digital does it it tends to sound like it just makes you want to like rip your skin off you know um so there's so you're fighting those kind of things it's sort of similar to like solid state versus tube amps and stuff like that too it's like part of the whole Mm -hmm. um Sort of digital versus analog world, which is what pretty much what is this, this conversation has just come down to is digital versus analog. You know, you know. I mean, I'm doing every. I don't have a record player. I don't have tapes. I don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I, I do remember. notice certain digital yeah. things that annoy the crap out of me. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I really know. I feel like I really notice it on modeling stuff too. I just, yeah, I've seen the rants. Like, <laughs> we started ranting today. Sounds so horrible. This does not sound right. It's fine, and but whatever. But you know, I, I even went and I listened to Mushuga's albums. And one, I think the pod sounded better than the Axe Effects. <laughs> and I know which albums they were. And then the latest album they did amps. And it's like if you switch, you should try this after. You should go to the latest album and then go to some of the. The other ones sound so flat. They just sound like. You cut out like it's just like you smash the the it's three the, dim- the three dimensional side of it out of you know, like you just completely got rid of it. But the new album, like it's, it's all of a sudden it's like oh there's like all this depth to everything because um, they use real instruments. Well, obviously they use real instruments. You mean real amps? Well, even the drums I think were mic'd and used they use real mics, which I don't think they did on the other ones. They're all samples. Hmm. Now, so yeah, the whole a- the whole thing has a much more like still sounds like my sugar and you know from a your phone or something you're probably not going to notice much of a difference but if you listen on good headphones it's it's almost it's really like night and day and that's the the downside of good headphones <laughs> you know that's the only thing that well so i mean i think you'd even notice on crappy headphones but well, uh, i mean you definitely notice on better. yeah what i'm the- saying you might not notice like just listening to the speaker on your phone absolutely you know and that's unfortunately most people that's generally it's either from the phone or it's through a bluetooth speaker which is uh losing a lot of stuff as it is bluetooth too yeah yeah. everybody's like why do you wear cable or why do you wear headphones that are you you plug in i'm like because it sounds better and it really does like the bluetooth 5 is pretty impressive it's still the direct connection is always that like i never go wireless if, if if I can avoid it, boom, I'm directly plugged in. I mean, I know I know it's in my car and everything. You know, it's, yep. It's like, just make a there's really ball. no difference. We actually, it's my wife's like, why are you putting the cable in there? And then, then I play it for her, and she's like, oh, okay. Like she's like, I really yeah. don't like Bluetooth. I'm like, I know, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it really kills it because you're taking something that's already digitized and compressed, and then doing it again and sending it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's. Uh, the latest stuff is getting impressive. And I think that's the other thing too. You know, it's like we could be poo-pooing the digital stuff now, but in 10 years they might get it so stinking close. Yeah, sure. And that was kind of like where I was heading with the photograph thing is like right now, like my brother does camera work for everything and you spend probably close to 10 K on his camera and lens setup. It's like, it's all digital. It's none of it's film. It's like, and I mean, it, he has to buy a special super high-end memory card because I handle the amount of information that comes at it so quick. Um, and it's, uh, so I think that like, you know, eventually 
even the audio world will catch up with that type of thing and get it. And, you know, there's always film guys that are like, no, we did it on eight millimeter. I like it the way that it looks. And it's got this certain flavor to the the visual aesthetics or so on. And that's more of a taste thing than like what's better than this or that, which is the other that, that the debate can go is that it can go from, is it, qualitatively better or not like in some objective standard or and then it moves into the subjective realm of i happen to like the way that particularly sounds versus this digital thing where i'm like oh i like the digital it sounds good to me you know um and well then, i mean yeah I, certainly I like I, I don't really, really how do you do i mean with sound with music how would you say something was better or not i mean it's what would be your objective case for it? If it sounds well, that, more accurate, is that better? Well, I don't know. Does that well, mean that would better? be the first thing that it, if we're going to set up some type of standard for it, I think it, accuracy in terms of replicating the the live experience in the room would be the first thing. Like how? Well, but could, a lot of that has to do with mics and stuff too, and exactly. So there's then and then you keep getting all. There's so many extra factors to it. It's it be super hard to figure that out to be like okay this is always this is our objective standard you know the mic has been placed x amount of distance away because even then there's taste to it like some guy likes to like mic in these angles and another guy's like no i like to do an x y here another guy's like no i like to yeah i mean you just have to i mean you'd have to have somebody who's experienced using tape in particular or whatever or analog because of like you and i just been like oh we just set this up and we're trying this like what do we yeah. know about it? We don't know how to use it. I mean, we're like, oh, we'll set the levels and everything looks good. But like an experienced person who's done thousands of jobs or whatever with it, they might be like, yeah, you can never, you know, on the studer or whatever, <laughs> you always have to set this like this. It's just the way it is. And we would have been, like, we would never know that. So you have, you have to get like an expert. And I different think things. It's like, how do you get to the point of expertise when it's, it's like, I, I'll just say what I'm saying. And like, how do you get to the point of expertise in terms of the setup when it happens to be downstream from the taste of the listeners paying for it? In other words, like people set up the microphones X way and they get it all recorded and then it gets out. But if it ha- doesn't happen to jive with the greater populace, they don't buy it. Like just say it doesn't fit well. So all of a sudden they go back and and they remix it in a certain way or, or remaster it so that it's more aesthetically pleasing to people's ears. And they're like, oh yeah, I like it. And so they, it begins to pick up steam. So even then in the recording- Does actually happen? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying like that the, uh, I mean, there are remasters and reissues that happen all the time. I'm not saying that they sell necessarily better, but I haven't seen anything. And granted, nothing's been released in two different masters so people can pick between the two you know it's not like at the same time it's usually a 20 year later remaster of of, of editions but let's just say for grand experiment you had two two extremely competent engineers and mix engineers and, and mastering engineers and they sit down and they record the same thing you know same guy doing the whatever they yeah. set up their microphones boom and then they go off and they re- mix it and then they both release their things in into the wild you know what criteria would you use to to pick which one is better than not and it, it, and that's, that's what i mean it's like do you count on the how much is it a particular one sold like does that mean that i it's don't re- know that that seems irrelevant well, hear me out it, I don't think it's necessarily irrelevant. I think it there's something to be said with mass production of certain things and mass sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you're They're listening, listening on their uh, phone. So what is? I don't know if that matters. Well, th- hear hear me out again. You know, it's like the <laughs> Let McDonald's. Let me cut you off again before you. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever. Um, you know, it's how we work. But the like in terms of like with the, you can look at it like the McDonald's analogy. You know, it's like you, you kind of know what you're, always what you're going to get with that. And some people always know what they're going to get from Burger King. So they just pick which it's it's a burger. You know, are there differences? Yes. So you have these two big uh, just to pull that into the music thing again. And I'm building this. I'm flying by the seat of my pants on all this. So excuse me for the wobbliness of my ideas. But the um, so you got mix engineer A or uh, group A and group B with all their mixing and so on. And they both put them out into the wild. It's the same thing, but they're mastered in a different way. And I think that to an extent, whatever tends to sell more isn't necessarily 
see, and I just contradicted myself. I was going to say it doesn't necessarily mean that it's better, but at the same time, moving a certain amount of a thing means that you're speaking to a baseline that's more common to an extent. Does that make sense? I mean, I get what you're saying, but what does it have to do with the test? Well, that's where I'm saying like that could be some standard to be like which is better. And I know it's like probably the worst one, but it's something. I don't know how. You, I mean, when you sell fifteen of them, yeah. and one sells five, and one sells ten, does that mean the one that sold ten is better? I mean, you'd have well, to have a lot of real, like, real numbers, and you'd have to have the only way you could possibly make that a good test is that you let people have both, and they get to keep one. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean, like. It's like we only get to keep one of these. Which one do you, are you going to keep? And it'd have to be like thousands of people, right? It couldn't yeah, be absolutely. five people, ten people. And even then, that's that's completely subjective. In a thousand out of eight billion people, or whatever on the planet, is a really, 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 really low percentage. Almost sample size. Yeah, you know, that one might be something where it'd be like. You know, if you had a massive reach on Facebook, just be like, sign up for this. I'll send you two digital files, you know, digital file A, digital file B. You know, I'm not going to tell you who did what on what, but it's the same song. Tell me which one that you would like to keep and maybe do it that way. I don't know. Organizing a test at that scale is just uh, well beyond But my... that's still a subjective test, though, right? I mean, yeah, like the, exactly. obvi- the ultimate subjective test. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know I what's that, like what that that's worth, though. Why what, would that prove anything? I mean, I don't, I don't. What would that? What would that prove? Well, I think if you had a big enough sam- sample size to prove what, in terms of the human ear, tends to prefer, just on a bi- maybe on a biological level. And I'm going. Yeah, so it would have less to do with whether one is better or not, but what is more popular today, at least with that crowd. Well, and that's why you try to aim for a huge sample size, which, you know, talking in fairyland visions of, (laughs) hey, this works, the unicorn has shown up, we're all good here. Um, But the, uh, and that's why I'm pushing on that particular line. It's like, you know, and ideally, could these things go and what would be the logical outcome or a potential outcome where we could make sense of it and be like, okay, well, this is, you know, the human ear likes to hear these frequencies curved off this way. And most people have ears at work in these, this spectrum. You know, you'd almost have to limit it to an extent also with the age groups. Because, you know, by the time you're 20, you lose most of the high end of, of your hearing. So it's like that goes into it as well. And that's the other thing. is like are the vinyl crowd more into it because what's the average age, you know, of, of that? And what's the average? How does everybody hear it? Because, I mean, I have like for my own hearing, it's really weird. They're like, you have the weirdest dip in mind like uh, around three and four k three to four k it's like boom i drop and then i'm back up again so it's like one particular frequency range had to play with that presence knob on your mason yeah no kidding i I just i slept too close or something (laughs) i think it i think it had to do more with like because he's like this is more in the noise range rather than like he's like your human he's like you're right on like you start to lose your hearing right on the tail end of the human voice. He's like, so if you're not having any problem in conversation, you're fine. And I, and I don't, clearly. But it's the, uh, of course, now I got headphones on and everything else, but that's just to keep my kids asleep, which sounds like they're asleep. Yay. But anyways, the, um, the whole thing with um, that is like, I have a different style. When I'm listening to something, I'm not exactly hearing it the same way that, that you are or person, yeah, somebody sure. else. So, you know, what is the typical, you could ask, like, what is the typical damage ratio to human hearing that you experience across a large group of people? Clearly, the high end is going to go. That's just natural. That should have an audiologist on. That would be a good idea. Hmm. Who do I know? I know oh, I know one. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're probably thinking of the same one. Probably. So, Maybe we'll, we'll work that out. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's do that for sure. In the meantime, back to the subject. So, yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to why before I forget about it is you ever did you ever hear the Led Zeppelin remasters that Jimmy Page did? No, they're horrible. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't hear them. If I heard they were like stellar, I, don't know, I, li- I like I was trying to listen to them. This was like six months ago or so. 
with like a high fidelity thing, you know, and I was just, it was like almost unlistenable. <laughs> and all I can think is that Jimmy must have like lost everything above like 1K. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude! It's like we're gonna do this this way, and we're gonna put this. I'm like, who, who thought this was okay? No way, (laughs) this is actually. Money. It actually like took away. Like I don't. I love. I mean, I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, it took the joy away from listening, and I kind of went from like, I'm like, is it just this album? Maybe it just like didn't upload right to title or something, and um. I don't know, just they all sounded bad. But then you listen to the original ones and you're like, okay, this sounds way better. <laughs> so, hmm. well, I mean, that, that if Jimmy was like, let's just say that Jimmy was in complete control of the entire mix. If he's like, God, he's got to be in his 70s now. Well, this was in the 90s. All right. So he was in his 50s, right? Yeah. So he was in a, you know, still in a prime. Late 40s or mid 40s, my age. Yeah. Oh my God. But anyway, so he's a, uh, but still, you have, like, they were doing so many concerts with no hearing protection in huge stadiums, night after night after night after night. There's no way that that guy's yeah. hearing. Well, well, you know, it's funny, though, is I think it won all kinds of awards and stuff. Really? But it's one of those, like, cheap awards because it's, like, it's Led Zeppelin. Like, oh, Led Zeppelin is something new. So, yeah. Of course we have to give them an award. That's the greatest band that ever lived, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So... Yeah, that uh, that could also factor in into that. Yeah, that's where those old, we were talking about the award shows. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. They, when little things like that happen, it's like, oh, Led Zeppelin actually did something. It's been twenty years, thirty years. Let's. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really do anything. Jimmy Page just sat down. And Say that. Like, Why well, I'm thinking up. of it? Did you ever? Did you ever get that DVD collection they put out like in early two thousands or maybe it was ninety nine, ninety eight? I think it Is had a fun? triangle on it or something. It was awesome, like live show stuff. It was great. It's like no, I did end up getting a bootleg of their like reunion at the O2 back in like 2003, 2000, whenever they did it. Like they did it like a small, a one or two off show. Uh-huh. It, it, somebody obviously somebody filled in for John Bonham. I think it was his son. Yeah, um, but uh, it, I got like the the bootlegs of them, you know, and some of them. One of them was really high quality. It was great, but they definitely got old <laughs> like they sounded great they sounded phenomenal which was great but yeah, in terms yeah. of like stage activity it was like somebody get that dude a chair <laughs> you know he's barely standing up you know it's, uh, i remember seeing that cream show probably like 15 years ago 10 15 years ago same deal yeah this isn't particularly the same vibe as their like 60s counterparts yeah, were yeah. well that's also part of the problem is we've been we see these images of them consistently in their prime. Yeah. When you, you detach that to the real person, the, taking the spectacle away and see the actual person themselves. It's yeah. like, Oh, yeah. Did you ever, oh. Kate, my Kate got really into, she loves Robert Plant. Like she adores. Oh yeah. Him. He's great. Man. Did you listen to, like those Alison Krauss, Robert Plant records? They're good. Those are good. The page and plant album was great. Yeah. Like, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, the whole, the other one, the uh, it was Page and Coverdale. Yeah, Coverdale Page. That was. Yeah. I'm not a Coverdale fan, so. Yeah, that was a, that was a that was an album. Um, cool guitar work. Sure. Lots of. I'm just gonna say it, lots of over singing, but okay. <sighs> um, but whatever, you know, it clearly did well. And I was as a kid, I was, I just didn't care. It was like Jimmy Page is on it. I gotta hear it. Yeah. Gotta. So. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I've heard the the Krauss and I've heard the that one and I've heard the Page and Plant. Those which are was... great, like, just produced and mixed records, too. Those yep. Krauss plant records. Absolutely. He still sings amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, and that's... I, did you know that his son died, like, at five? Oh, like, no, it, I, didn't, I don't think so. No. I, was like, I, I remember watching an interview with him, like, holy crap. He's like, yeah, we were on tour and his son came down with the flu. And like he went to call him after the thing, and he was dead. Like he went to the hospital, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" And he's like, "Yeah, we kind of took a break after that." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh my god, that stinks. Like that, uh, that gave me a new level of respect for the dude uh, to to an extreme way. It's like, holy smokes! I I think vaguely that sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm. It reminds reminds me a little bit like the Neil Peart stuff. 
you know about you know about his story? No. It was like I don't know if that was a car crash or but I'm, his wife and daughter both died. Like within a year? I I'm not sure if it was the same time or within like a year. Like maybe one had cancer and the other one was a car crash or something. And basically he he like just stopped rushed like that second. And then he went on this motorcycle ride. He just got on his motorcycle and just left for like two years or something. Yeah, I remember reading about that he did this huge motorcycle. Yeah, and then he wrote some books and stuff about like he just left. And uh yeah. Like that yeah. Was, that was his whole family too, by the way. He didn't have anybody else. That was it. Besides yeah. the guys in Rush, right? Which were like family. Yeah. Um But uh Yeah. I'm like, damn. That's 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 nuts. We suddenly got pretty heavy. Yeah, really. <laughs> we got really, really heavy. So here. analog. <laughs> so yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so I mean, the reason. So the reason why that like 96k and 24 bit sounds better than 16 bit 44k, like a CD, is just because it takes more samples with more mm-hmm. information in each one. So, you know, at some point, it, what people will say now is we're getting to the point where you, you would never be able to tell the difference because even our brains have to take, like, samples of stuff. It can't absorb it, everything. Uh, yeah. So it, it's kind of like the TVs, you know, when they have the certain refresh rates or whatever, or even, like, a it's like when you're when you're within 10 feet you can't see the difference between 4K and 10 or 1080p or whatever. Yeah. Because or when you're farther away than 10 feet because your eyes can't actually see smaller. I don't know what the number is, but there's some distance you can't actually tell the difference between 4K yeah, or 8K or 16K or whatever anyone could come up with. You need that super huge like It's not till you get close enough that you can actually see the pixels. Mm-hmm. yep so. totally and that's why they say like the viewing distance is like there's some formula for like if you're sitting like this far away you need this size tv well right. quote unquote need you know I, I just bought the one that hit the wall <laughs> it's like that works and we it got, isn't i will a 65 say inch not like this past year and that was a good decision yeah i got a 55 and that was up five inches from the last one that we had yeah and we had a, a 42 before that so it was a Nice improvement. Yeah, that's a massive upgrade. I mean, with this one, it wasn't too big, but it was a 4K. And I remember it being like, yeah. right, it looks better, but not that much was better. And then I moved a little bit closer, and I was like, or not, this looks incredible. Like, you know, yeah, Also, the size of the screen, right? The, I'm, I'm suspecting on 65K, you could tell the difference between, because ours is 4K between yeah. that and 1080p. Oh, yeah. It's really only, I think it's really only double the resolution, right? They, they changed the terminology... Well, it's not four thousand lot. It's like four thousand by yeah, but it's like two thousand by two thousand or something. No, it's thirty eight forty by twenty. It's double ten eighty p. Yeah, yeah, it's double, right? So it almost sounds like it's four times, but it's actually double. Yeah, yeah, because it's not count. It's like the uh, horizontal lines are. There's a lot more horizontal lines. So, anyways, it's like thirty eight forty by twenty sixty, and then there are eight k's, which is that doubles that again. Um. And I've seen one of them. They had one at Sam's Club, you know, this, but it was like a 75-inch TV at 8K, which makes sense because that's the only yeah. screen where you really need that. You know, it's like you, you can't you, – you just there's, – there's zero point anything small you're never going to be able to tell. Right. Like a 32-inch TV is fine at uh, 1080p. You're going to be fine <laughs> for a long time with that. And and that's why I, I'm curious. Well, never mind. I'm gonna about to get into gaming mon- monitors and everything else, you know. Because when I got the monitor for my setup now, it was like, why would I spend like literally a thousand dollars on a 4K monitor versus the hundred and seventy dollars I paid for this 43 inch 4K TV? Now, granted, I'm not doing anything video on it, and yeah. the picture's not amazing, but it's the real estate. You know, to, and sure. being able to see everything and have all my plugins open and not be able to manipulate everything is just like, oh, this is great. You know, it's very, very nice to have the space. Um, but would I read or do video editing on it? Nope, not at all, because it's just not that clear. 
Sure. And the color depth is whatever. Anyways, so ultimately, (laughs) I don't know, but I think like ultimately it's a matter of in terms of the digital and the analog, it's a matter of when either one of those formats is close to what the human brain and ear and eyes or whatever can tell from reality is then, then, you know, that particular thing is it. And there's no going to be no reason to bother to say which is better because it's just going to be at the physical limits of our capability of seeing it. It's like when, what was it? We can't see anything above like 120 frames a second. Like after that, it's just like, it's negligible. We're never going to see it. So there's no point in buying a monitor that's got a 240 hertz refresh rate. It's like, what's the point? You can't see it. It's physically impossible for human beings to. So if you're one of the lizard people, we know you. We'll check out your monitor buying history. But yeah. my, our previous team was a plasma, which yep. was 600 hertz. Mm-hmm. And uh, the six, I feel like the 60 hertz L, um, LCDs or whatever, I always noticed. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you can tell. I was it. like, man, this is horrible. I'm like, we, we just wouldn't buy one. Even when we were like, yeah. man, we really need to upgrade this TV. Um, but every time we looked at them, like the blacks weren't, the blacks still aren't as good. Yep. And then the, um, the refreshes, it's kind of funny to me that LCD one, I wonder what happened on that front. I think it was a cost thing more than anything else because the plasmas are always really more expensive, but they also had much, much better picture. Like I I remember seeing that I wanted a plasma for the longest time, but never came. Yeah. Really the black, we still have it upstairs. We put it in our bedroom that tv yeah i mean like the blacks are like they look black black. (laughs) (laughs) go figure that they're actually really dark the new tv i noticed like if i don't have the lights on or whatever when it goes black i mean it's like pitch black it actually turns off like so it's kind of nice it's not like backlit yeah when i started chopping for mine it was like the amount of information i was like oh my this is getting to be overload i just don't care that much you know if it was a stereo i'd be a little bit more like pinpricking everything else how far the distance is from this and this but for like a tv it's like okay i just i want it to play games and occasionally watch the show (laughs) that's it and not even that i don't need the hardcore gaming tv because i I just don't have time anymore i'll game i'll play occasionally but it's not like i'm like oh i gotta sit there for six hours i'd be i'd kill myself after that (laughs) nowadays what the hell did i just do with my day you know we didn't go like the cheapest budget on it but I definitely didn't go like high end on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it was like that. I don't even. I was like six hundred bucks or something. You know, like that was the range I was looking at, as opposed to like three hundred dollars or three thousand dollars. I paid five fifty for mine. So I was like, okay, I had to do. I did all kinds of research to find what can I get between six and eight hundred dollars or something. Yep. Yep. And. Uh, I waited for like Black Friday and I didn't go shopping on Black Friday, but I waited to like around then and Sam's Club came out with a deal and I'm like, all right, I'll go grab that one. That and my wife gave me permission. So I didn't have too much of a window to keep delaying the whole thing. She's like, sure, go and get one. Okay. <laughs> I do remember we, 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 we picked it up in it. Like my daughter came with me and she could like, she could not sit in her seat. <laughs> like it was so big. It like, and this was like an SUV like we yeah, have a, we have a uh, Grand Cherokee, and uh, like push the seats all down. And, like, I was like, well, you're right in the front now. <laughs> yeah, and even the seats, like the front seats, I think were like pushed a little bit. Ahead. Yeah, I I did the same thing. Like we borrowed my brother-in-law, or I didn't borrow, but I went with my brother-in-law, and I bought one, and he bought one, and like we got him in the car, and it's like this is kind of tight, kind of tight. You know, even though they were fifty-five inches, it was just like. With the seats on and everything else and the, the box and everything, it's like, oh, man, look yeah. out. Fun stuff. Anyways, so yeah. Yeah, I think this uh, we're running out of steam on this one to an extent. Of course, if we picked up another topic right now, we'd start steamrolling through that. And, yeah. and with, well, we've already <laughs> gone like an hour or something. So Yeah, we should probably not go into another topic. Yeah and summarize everything that we've talked about so far. Um, so in essence, the debate between vinyl and digital is still going to rage wildly. We haven't solved that problem. Right. And uh, But with technology getting more and more efficient at gathering the maximum amount of data that the human mind and ears can process, we're probably going to get to a point where it's going to be the 
fidelity is going to be so high. It's just, there's no getting better. That's it. You know, it's not going to be one better than the other. It's just going to be a particular standard. And I, to an extent, I think we're, we're just about there. I mean, I can't, I mean, what, what the next step would be like 64 bit and like 500 K, which well, is you just don't see much 32 bit out there. Yeah. I know. That's what I mean. It's like, if we're going to jump ahead and I, I can record in 32 bit float with 192 now, yeah. and I do, I do that. Hell yeah. I do that <laughs> because I can, you know, that's why you have that 700 mag one yeah, the 70 <laughs> terabyte hard drive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's uh but it, um, the issue is, is that like nobody else is going to play it back in that thing, but it sure. does make a difference. Even on bouncing it down to 16 bit 44 one, it's like, you can totally hear the, the extras that that higher res picked up compared to just recording it at 44 one and 16 for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's like a three to, we even did that when I got my new interface, right? We were like, Oh, let's see if we can hear the difference. Um, uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> and you can, yeah. you really can hear the difference. Um, yep. It's all there. That's yeah, also it's, it's like a depth and a sweetness to it that's you lack in their lower ones, I think. Absolutely. That's why I want to upgrade. Like I'm sitting here on Mojave, which is uh, two operating systems ago from what the Mac has. And I can upgrade. I just, number one, it's the audio world. If it ain't yeah. broke, you don't click the upgrade. You never click the upgrade button if something's working especially if it's new. So, you know, it's been like two years since the, uh, or it's been a year since the last one. So all the audio software is caught up and all of my plugins will transfer over. So it's just a matter of, do I want to upgrade it for the whirly bangs of the new operating system? But some of them are pretty cool. Um, Particularly, I think the big thing is the extended screen on the iPad. Like if you have your iPad, you can use it as a third screen wirelessly with everything else which would be wickedly nice to record because it uh, like I could, I have the remote app and that's nice, but it doesn't have all the functionality of the yeah. actual, like the actual software, but having like that software on the screen and touching it and being able to record would be wickedly cool. Um, that's one of the, the, the reasons why I would do it. The other reason why I don't is, Oh God, upgrading. <laughs> it's just like, I just, I don't even want to think about it what I'd have to, I'd probably try to do a full back. Well, I definitely would do a full back of uh, everything and just try an in-system upgrade, you know, rather than doing the, the my typical wipe and put everything back on. Because yeah. I only know if I remember all the, where I got all the plugins and everything else. So, and if it worked without a problem, sweet. And if not, throw it back on. I'm not going to do the wipe and restore type of thing. So uh, either way, we'll see. That's and, fun. Oh, wait. The real reason I want to do it is to get the high fidelity Apple Music going through, because I'm only on iTunes and the Apple. The next version of the operating system goes to Apple Music, so I don't think I can get like the the super high end iTunes thing on this. You can't even get the Apple Music thing. It, it's still iTunes. It's like it's not till you go to what's the the next one after Mojave, Big Sur, or was it before that? I have no idea. There's another one. There's another one that I'm missing. Kazuntite. Yeah, exactly. There's another one that I'm missing where I don't think that I can get to that uh, level of fidelity without upgrading the actual thing. Cause it gets rid of iTunes and goes to the other, uh, their new combined software thing. Yeah. I don't even see any settings for it. Playback. Nope. iTunes is dead, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Like there's no, it's now Apple music, you know, it, it, it rebranded same general thing. Because I noticed, um, I, at least I think I've put, since I put the record out, I swear there was an iTunes website that had the Red Side Visible album on it. It's Apple Music for sure. You can buy the album through the iTunes store. That's like for movies and things yeah. like but Apple well, I Music. Thought, I thought I saw it like just Googling or whatever. But I could be wrong. Eh, who knows? Uh, so yeah, so that's that. And yours does come through as lossless, not as twenty four nine one ninety two, but it doesn't. They do have the lossless uh, streaming on it. Does it say what the fidelity is? No, it just uh, says lossless on it. it, it that's kind of cool because you can look at your phone and it'll say like Apple lossless, lossless, lossless one hundred ninety two k. Yeah, you know, 
Either way, the lossless is dramatically better than the original settings. Dramatically. Like, I was listening to the Lepris album, Cole, today, and it was just like, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> just like hearing all those extra details I was missing. Oh, yeah, sure. It's wickedly cool. It's a joy to hear it that is. stuff. And isn't there a new album coming out in August? Is that what you sent me? Yeah, I think it's, it was like August something. Yep, 27th. Ah, still a ways away. But at least there's a date on it. Yeah, there's better than when I was like chomping at the bit for the Virgil Donati album. It's like summer. I waited the whole summer refreshing. Come on, it's summer. Come on, come on. I don't think I ever listened to that. Oh, it's great, man. It's really, really good. I, I really liked it. You know, Julian Lays is on it. Doing some What's of that? this old. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's great. Just a great mix of groove. You know, even the singing, like, I, I, the singing was cool. Like, it, they did a good job throughout it. It wasn't like, oh, God, you got somebody to sing, huh? Can you put it back? <laughs> so, can you tell them no? Singing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did you hear about that guy that did the uh, singing along to the Liquid Tension Experiment albums? No. Yeah, he like added lyrics and everything. It's actually not that bad. You know, it's like, all right, cool. I guess there's space for it. You know, and he did it on the first and the second album. Interesting. Um, not the third one, but obviously that just came out. But like, yeah, he just like, and he's your typical hair metal singer, but it's not intolerable. You know, way better than Dream Theater's first singer. But then again, I'm not setting the bar too high. So it's just, uh, whew, the, the mis- just good Lord. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway. All right. We're, 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 yeah, we're rambling. This, this has got to stop. We're tired. We're rambling. So thanks for listening. If you made it this far, you understand what it's like when we hit the end of our line and don't want to change topics and just want to go to bed a little bit or something. <laughs> But either way, it was a fun episode. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us what you think. And if you know anyone that makes records way cheaper than like sixty dollars a pop for stuff, <laughs> <laughs> the problem what? is they you have to spend like three hundred dollars just to do the setup. That's just for one record. Mm-hmm. Three hundred dollars, then fifty dollars for the record. You know, it's like so when yeah. you start doing the math, it's like gosh. Pricing. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. If you were touring, it would be worth it. Maybe. Maybe you'd have something to sell. Either way. <laughs> Catch all you right. all night. <laughs> Good night, everyone.